This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, here's Jerem Jordan and Dave McCann. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio C. I yeah. leave for one minute. Things have changed. We're in a different studio. What's going on here? Presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, July 18th. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside a guy who, despite living 20 years in Las Vegas, cannot get you tickets to the Notre Dame-BYU game. He is Dave McCann. This phone does not work for the next four days. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't, even, don't even try it. It's, it's a hot, one of the hottest tickets in college football. BYU-Notre Dame at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. We've got a lot to talk about about that game and the tickets to go on sale tomorrow. Um, with with Brian Santiago coming up, but uh, so that's big. You were just down there during your month-long hiatus. It was three and a half weeks. Tour yes. of yes, multi countries and it, all that. Basically, stuff. the Western U.S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. welcome yeah. back. It's good to be back, and uh, yeah, kind of you know Idaho and Oregon and uh, Phoenix and Mormon colonies. Saw where uh, the Romney boys uh, grew up. Basically, the statue still up. <laughs> the statue of Baylor is up there. I did have one fella. Uh, shout out to my guy Greer. Uh, Johnson, who said, hey, Baylor, Baylor would have been, he's better than Zach. And I said, you feel he would have been the number one pick in the That's the, the buzz <laughs> from south of the That's border. The, they, they love Baylor. They're <laughs> Baylor uh, defenders. They're fantastic. But, yeah, it's great to be back. Hey, nothing happened Listen, though, while I was gone. Literally to, nothing. You've come home to the busiest oh my sports gosh. July in the history of Julys. People always ask us, Dave. They're like, what are you talking about? It's like, there's a lot to talk about. Something. There's no day. games, but it's all good. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about today? The Notre Dame ticket situation, uh, who, when you can get them, who gets them first. We'll talk to Deputy Athletic Director Brian Santiago about that, the nitty-gritty, um, and his thoughts on was there ever an option to play a home game against Notre Dame, or was it Vegas or bust? We'll break it down. David Nixon will weigh in on the matchup, that situation, plus our question of the day, would you rather play Notre Dame in Vegas this year, or if we had had the opportunity to play at Utah? We'll discuss. But first, plenty of headlines. And we begin with Notre Dame and BYU. Those tickets go on sale tomorrow as a Shamrock Series home game for the Irish. They determine the ticket pricing, the allocations, the policies. Cougar Club members get the first shot at them. Anything left will go on sale to the general public on Friday. You can get more information at BYUtickets.com and much more on this in just a few minutes with Brian Santiago. And you can go, you know, third-party seller. No no games sold out. You Be can careful, always though. buy a ticket. Be careful when you're going third-party. Well, f- fun fact, I did legit Ticketmaster. And at, at the gate on Saturday to see Chelsea play America in Vegas, they said, oh, there's an issue with your ticket. But he said, he let me in and said, oh, go over and talk to them. Well, I just did go over and talk to them. <laughs> we just went in. <laughs> we just went in. If we someone from Vegas yeah. calls you and uh, says, they got a couple of tickets, investigate that thoroughly. I, I did it legit. I was confused why, but we were good. Quarterback Jaron Hall is on the Maxwell Award watch list, given to the nation's most outstanding player. Ty Detmer won this award in 1990. Congrats to Jaron Hall. BYU golfer Zach Jones wins the Utah Amateur Open, beating yeah. Cal golfer Simon Quans 4-3 and three in the 36-hole round finale on Saturday. Almost an all-Cougar final, David Timmons in the semifinals. He's the 18th Cougar to win the Utah Amateur. Shout out, Zach Jones. Now, I say amateur always, except in this. I would say amateur. I just feel too much pressure from the golf community, Dave. See, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't get the pressure from those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney Wayman and Omar Abarus at the uh, World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Wayman went to the steeplechase final. That's coming up Wednesday. Abarus finished 16th in the 100. That's tremendous. 
uh, for a collegian. Abarus represents the country of Jordan. Shout out to all my Jordanians. You got a lot of them. Connor Mans took second in the photo finish at the USA TF 8K Championships on Saturday night by six hundredths of a second. Mm. Mance reportedly also ran into a four-wheeler around the 4K mark. Just think, if he wouldn't have run into the four-wheeler, he wins. How about if he'd hopped on the four-wheeler? <laughs> that is that is next level and also illegal. <laughs> Alex Barcelo scored 10 points, added four assists, four boards, two steals in 22 minutes last night for the Raptors in their final summer league game. Softball hires Todd Judge as an assistant coach. He comes to BYU from Tucson's Aurora Valley Suncats, an elite fast pitch team where he coached for 15 years, joins Gordon Eakins group. They just won 42 games, most in the program history last season. That's and didn't make the tournament, which is still upsetting. Uh, Neil okay. Paulo reports to Bill's training camp today. Best of luck to Neil trying to make that team. How about reporting to camp? That means football's back today. Michelle Vasconcello signs with the Portland Thorns. She's a national team replacement player, originally drafted by the Chicago Red Stars as the 11th overall pick in the 2017 NWSL draft out of BYU. She's coming from Sevilla in Spain. And Leveni and Daviana Vaca, they're twins, both played for the Tonga national team in uh, soccer in a 1-1 draw against the Cook Islands in the OFC Women's Nations Cup. Ten headlines, let's go baby, on July 18th. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is sponsored by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU and Notre Dame, 82 days away from being played in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Great venue, as we all know, from last year's opener against Arizona. A game that certainly headlines the schedule, but some fans seem to be bothered that this is a home game for Notre Dame, and the Irish control the ticket allotment, prices, and more in the deal. But BYU is playing Notre Dame. Dave, Notre Dame contractually owed BYU a home game. This is the setup now. How are you feeling about it? I got a lot of feelings about this game. It, this game could be one of the biggest games in the history of BYU football. Notre Dame could be in the top five, top ten. They play Ohio State to start the season. If they beat the Buckeyes, they might be number two or maybe number one yeah. when they come in there. If they, if they lose to the Buckeyes, the polls are always soft to them anyway, so they'll still be ranked pretty yep. high. But uh, for BYU to play them down in Vegas, just in a matchup of, of, of Jaron Hall and a healthy Cougar group and Notre Dame on a field that's not in South Bend, uh, on NBC for all the country to watch, um, what a giant opportunity. Now there's some thorns that come with this rose. It's like, hey, why isn't this in Provo? Or BYU's getting ripped off. Or Notre Dame's pushing us around. Um, you know, all these questions, we're, we're going to ask Brian Santiago here in a few minutes. And we anticipate some good answers because uh, there's some fact and there's some fiction to all of it. The fact is, BYU's playing Notre Dame in Vegas, which, uh, which is a concept that no one ever had growing up. One, there wasn't a giant stadium in Vegas. And, uh, and, and Notre Dame was is over here in, in the elites of college football, and BYU's out here trying to make a case for themselves, hidden in the Rocky Mountains years ago. And, and now they get a meet, and they get to play a very good BYU football team. This is not a, okay, everything's just got to go right for us. This is a team that's going to go in there and go, why can't we line up and beat Notre Dame in Vegas on October 8th? I think BYU is very prepared to compete with and, and perhaps even beat Notre Dame in Vegas, which is exciting. Building off of what you said, the fact of fiction, I think the fiction is that a home game was possible. I don't think a home game was possible. Otherwise, that would have been played. And forever, we were waiting for that game. 
I think Tom Homo made uh, probably what he deems and has deemed for a long time the best move he could make, which was, if I can't get that, can I still get a game with Notre Dame that is still appealing to us? The second most appealing place to play a game for BYU football in the world is in Allegiant Stadium. It was playing in Vegas generally, UNLV or the Las Vegas Bulls. Who knew, though, we had the Raiders to thank for BYU-Notre Dame? Right. Because if the Raiders don't build the state-of-the-art amazing stadium, and it was fun to be there again Saturday, I was like, this is legit, um, then this game doesn't happen because Notre Dame and Vegas was a fit that worked. And we'll talk to Brian about this, like, what kind of money was there in this? Did they, was the home game bought out, or was it equal to or more or similar enough to merit playing the game in Vegas? We'll is there ask a him. chance? Is there a chance BYU can have their cake and eat it too, but eat it in Vegas. Yes. And, in and, this game. And think about the situation of that game, by the way. BYU will have played at South Florida, Baylor home, at Oregon, Wyoming, Utah State at home. I, I feel confident saying BYU's at least 4-1 going into this game and in the top 18, 15. If BYU's undefeated and Notre Dame is too, this is a massive game on NBC. I mean, it's a massive game regardless. But if BYU can somehow be undefeated, like beat Baylor and at Oregon, and take care of business against three G5s there, mm, mm. but it's going to be the second biggest game of the day. Right. Because Alabama, Alabama plays Texas a and If Alabama's day. up 28-0 in the first quarter of that one, everyone's yes, coming over. Yes, exactly. Um, it's just yeah. such a big-time opportunity. I, I know there's a group of fans out there that are, that are disappointed it's not in Provo, and we should have held out for that. I just don't believe that was going to exist. No. So this, is, this feels like the best of both worlds. We'll find out. If financially it was, from Brian Santiago coming up later. But yeah, our, and what I'm looking forward to is a two-hour live countdown to kick off. Oh, my gosh. From Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. It, it, it's like BYU Super Bowl. Oh, big time. And it felt big time against Arizona, yeah. let alone Notre Dame. Okay, this question, our question of the day. Given the choice, Dave, would you rather play Notre Dame in Vegas this year or Utah in Salt Lake City? Now, that's not an option. They're playing Florida. But which game would you have preferred? Given the choice. I don't know why you have to take our emotions there. Because <laughs> that's because I think BYU goes up there and beats Utah. But and Cam Rising's the, the quarterback big. now. And the Notre Dame game's big. <laughs> I'm going to have to think about that one. What about you? That, I, that, Notre Dame, clearly. And I'm captain play Utah. I love playing Utah. I, wanna, I, would, I would rather beat Utah than beat LSU in 2017. Yeah, but we had that conversation. Yeah, but Notre Dame fans. That's true. I, and, and, yeah, I don't have uh, the Daryls of the world in my ward dogging deep. on me. Yeah, yeah that's a tough but, one. Though. But I, I just think the Notre Dame game with this team, and this team feels special, Dave. Um, 2020 was very special. Last year was a special year. This team feels like a culminating event um, that we've waited 12 independent years for. I'm with you on that, and I'm, I'm for that. There's just a part of me, though, who would, would love to see a follow-up to the win over Utah last season. To validate it even more. Just to, you know. There's a change of the guard, just for, for evidence. Yes. Of, instead of, oh, you played the wrong 10,000-yard passing quarterback that night. <laughs> you know, we've heard that forever. A note on that, by the way. On media day, Tom Homo revealed on BYU Sports Nation that there will be times where BYU and Utah don't play, right. not just because of Utah. He, he basically said there'll be a couple games that we play in lieu of Utah. Unless in, we're in the same in, league. Unless we're in the same league. A note on that, because um, I've been gone three weeks, so I just have all these uh, thoughts. I want BYU and Utah to be in the same league. I want that. I'm not the, let's be honest, the bitter BYU fan that's like, they left us, leave them out now. No, I want the game every year, yep. and if you're in the same league, 
that will guarantee that game is every year, even if it's a com combined Pac-12, Big 12 thing, and it's like 20. They will make sure BYU and Utah's every year. We will play in basketball, home and road even, perhaps. I would love that. It would be great, and it would be laced in irony. Uh, but it would just be nice <laughs> yes, it would. To, have, to have that happen. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, our question of the day. Given the choice, would you rather play Notre Dame in Vegas or at Utah this year? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Cougar A70. Fighting Irish for sure. Been waiting a long time for this game. That's true. Yeah. There's been an amp up to this. Let that stick in their craw another season. <laughs> <laughs> Two more for yeah. that matter. It's been six. You know, what, what did people say? It's been a thousand days since they've been. As good a season as it was for them, we were undefeated in the Pac-12, and they weren't. Plus, it's in Vegas, baby. There is a, there's a lot to like about this Notre Dame game. Absolutely. Grandma uh, Rama on yeah. Instagram, I'd rather us play Utah and Salt Lake mm. City because we're rivals. We would show everyone that we can not only beat them in Provo, but also beat them in their stadium. Yeah, and, and we'll get to that, you know, but that's not for a couple of years. Yeah. That's not till 24, right? Right. Yeah. So BYU sits on that win till 24. That's also awesome. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. What's coming up, Dave? We got a lot ahead. How do we feel about the college football watch list? Tis the season. It, it is. It's day Every one. Morning, you wake up and say, what list am I on? Oh, boy, <laughs> uh, is what I say. David Nixon coming up after the break on the Notre Dame game, and if he'd be okay... Utah was invited to the Big 12. Don't miss Brian Santiago coming up as well. It's going to be good. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join Spencer and Jerem for a 90-minute special of the 2022 Y Awards. They'll be in tuxedos, which is one reason to watch, and there's some others, as they celebrate <laughs> the best athletes, teams, and moments of the past year in BYU athletics. That's Thursday, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Of course, our family's always interested in who's going to win the Dale R. McCann Spirit of Sport Award. Yeah. So we'll be watching on Thursday. That's your dad, for those who don't know. That's right. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann, Studio C, waiting for that uh, Studio B facelift uh, on BYU Sports Nation here. Our question of the day, given the choice, would you rather play Notre Dame in Vegas or at Utah? Again, they're, they're playing Florida this year, so no BYU-Utah game. Uh, at Trevin Reeser 41 on Instagram. Notre Dame in Provo, but I'll take Notre Dame in Vegas. However, however, BYU versus Utah in Salt Lake City could potentially be a top 15 matchup and could maybe draw a college game day to town, so that's a tough question. Yeah, yeah. like if you said, we know game day is in Salt Lake, for that, does that sway you in any way? Because game day in a road game, I don't know that's a huge deal. Home game, it happened once. It was 09. It was TCU. That was pretty cool. But like BYU played a college game, uh, or a college game day game in 2020. It was at Coastal Carolina, a game we try and forget. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Snow Elephant on Twitter. As nice as it would be to get an easy road win against Utah. <laughs> what? Our program won't improve if we keep playing games against opponents from such a weak conference. Oh, oh good. Last year was fun, but it's time to move on to better competition. Uh, it was one year of great success. Yeah, it was um, four quarters of... we got to sustain that uh, in the Big 12. 
Okay, now joining us, the guy who uh, can sustain success for as long as he wants. His name is David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst. David, what is up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Good to see you're back. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Uh, my key card worked. I was a little nervous, but uh, here we are. So we have a lot to discuss. Let's break it down. So Notre Dame, uh, the game with Notre Dame. You know, it's a Notre Dame home game, ticket allotment. We're going to talk to Brian Santiago later about all of that situation. But um, answer our question of the day. Would you rather play Notre Dame this year in Vegas or at Utah if you had the chance? It's a great question. I usually opt to play Utah anytime you can because, once again, the players love it. It's it's something that uh, you look forward to your whole career is be able to play Utah. And now with the two-year hiatus, uh, it's I think for some of these older guys, you know, it's it's kind of a bummer. But I think you go with Notre Dame. I think you look at that being a primetime game. It's a uh, 5.30 kick here, 7.30 on the East Coast, I believe. Um, Notre Dame, I, I think this is a game where BYU fans obviously will travel well. Notre Dame will travel well. So maybe call it 50-50 in the stands versus you go up to Utah. It's maybe probably 80-20 for Utah since it's a home game for them. Uh, I think for the fans and for the players, everything, I think this is an opportunity to be on the national spotlight um, and play a Notre Dame team that's been really – pretty successful the last you know three or four years uh, being in the top 10, top 20 year in, year out. So uh, I, I think I picked Notre Dame, but that, that's a tough one. I, I mean, Utah's obviously, you could, you could uh, make an argument for Utah as well, but I think I stick with Notre Dame. When you think of BYU big games on the road historically, uh, go back to 79, they played Texas A&M in Rice Stadium in Houston uh, and beat the Aggies. I, uh, that was before you were born, but I knew you grew up an Aggie fan, so th that one comes to mind with, with Mark <laughs> Wilson and those guys. There was the Oklahoma game, which you were at, and in, uh, over at uh, Cowboys. Uh, year after me. Oh, the year after. So over at Cowboys yeah. Stadium. Uh, they go yeah. in there and they beat Oklahoma. They were ranked number three. Notre Dame has a chance to be ranked way high, especially if they beat Ohio State out of the gate to start the season. Is this game potentially the biggest road game in the history of BYU football? I think a lot depends on how these teams start out. I, I think, yeah, I think if, if both teams are really coming undefeated and face each other uh, undefeated in top 15, top 10, yeah. But, but if one of them falters and you know, got a losing record coming in, you know, Notre Dame with their first year head coach, how do they come out of the gates? Uh, I think potentially has the has potential to be one of the biggest games. Uh, we'll see. But I, I, I do love the matchup. I, I love Vegas, you know, being there last year when BYU opened against Arizona and seeing just BYU fans everywhere was one of the coolest things I've seen on a road, you know, road game per se. Um, so I, I like it. I mean, once again, playing Utah would be fun, but we played Utah for years. We used to, be, used to be in the same conference. This is something different, something new, playing Notre Dame. I think that's why Notre Dame gets the nod here, but um, potentially could be a huge game. That's why I like it kind of later in the season because you kind of let the first half of the season play out. And maybe you see two ranked teams coming in. And to Jeremy's point, maybe maybe college game day is there to, to uh, spruce it up. But um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But it's it's exciting nonetheless. But before then, BYU's got some serious business left to take care of. It's about as big of a game BYU could play this year. You think if BYU played, what, Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia, that's kind of about it. Um, and in Vegas, the second most beloved venue uh, in BYU football. I mean, Brian Keel said it. It's Cougar Stadium South, uh, which is yeah. awesome. LaBelle Edwards Stadium, but he said Cougar Stadium. All good. We love Brian. So th let's talk about what th the lead-up is to that game. At South Florida, we think BYU is going to win that. Baylor at home, they've lost a bunch of uh, players. It's at home. 
we feel BYU can win that game. At Oregon certainly is a challenge. If you win that one, you're, you're, cl- you're knocking on the door of the top 10 maybe for BYU, right? And then you have Wyoming and Utah State. These are not pushovers. Utah State finished ranked last year, 11 wins, returned Logan Bonner and company. If BYU were to be 5-0, and and so is Notre Dame going into that game, is that now what you're talking about, uh, of Dave saying, could this be the biggest road game? If they were both in the top 10 and undefeated, is that suddenly the biggest road game, neutral or away, game ever? It has to be. I mean, because even you go back to the Oklahoma game, you know, BYU was, wasn't ranked, right? Or maybe they're 21st. They were 20th, yep. 20th. Yeah, so you got Oklahoma third. I mean, with that, with that schedule, BYU faced with Baylor uh, and Oregon and, and the others. Um, I think, I think BYU would be in the top 15 at least, maybe top 10, frankly. Top if 10. You're, if you're the They're top 10 part. if they beat Baylor and Oregon. Yeah, I mean, and once again, a lot, there's a lot. That's who, how good is Oregon? How good is Baylor? Um, you know, what if they falter? But I, I agree, at least top 15, maybe top 10. And Notre Dame, with the season they're coming off of, you got to think they're going to be the top 10 still at that point. That, yeah, I think it goes down as the, probably the biggest, one of the biggest matchups in, in history, not only in road game, but just biggest matchups ever yeah. uh, for BYU. Let's talk about South Florida in a moment because they, they're kind of the sleeper that started all before these, these big opponents. But Baylor's the home opener on September 10th. They're a preseason pick to win the Big 12 again. We learned in the Deseret News over the weekend that they're going to have F-15s fly over the stadium to set the tone for that miraculous night under the lights on ESPN. How big of a game is that one, and how dangerous is South Florida because the Baylor-BYU game is so big seven days later? Well, two things. First, great article, Dave. I read the article. Great job. Um, <laughs> I read that. Thank you. Yeah, did you teams. source yourself, Dave, on that? I, uh, co- yeah, I did source myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, I enjoyed the article. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Some, some stuff I never uh, knew about uh, as far as how that coordination goes. But... Um, I'll say this. So South Florida, you know, a lot of people talk about trap games and trying to get ready for, you know, it's a second game that's looming and, and people are focused on that game. I'll say this. You're never overlooking the first game of the season. I mean, you go to BYU's locker room, it's plastered everywhere. South Florida, the countdown to South Florida. Um, these guys, when they break the huddle during conditioning, uh, you're, they're yelling beat South Florida. I mean, it's everything's focused on South Florida. So I don't, I don't worry about BYU, you know, looking ahead to that Baylor game by any means. Um, but I, I think this Baylor team, it's going to be a huge measuring stick. Yeah, they lost some guys. Uh, they were a veteran team with BYU facing last year. Uh, but this is a team that knows how to win. And, and they're coming off a Big 12 title. As you just said, they're picked to win the Big 12 this year again. Um, this is a team that's very experienced. They've, they've learned how to go out there and execute and, and win ball games, close ball games. And so I've circled that Baylor game on my calendar as kind of a must-win and kind of the, the tone setter for this 2022 season. Um, if BYU can get to that Baylor game at home, of course, you start to move on the schedule with Oregon and, and uh, Utah State and, of course, Notre Dame. But I think that Baylor game will set the tone for the season, and I think that will determine whether BYU has a double-digit win season like we've seen for the last two seasons or whether they're flirting with that eight-and-a-half number Vegas set for them on, on uh, you know, over-under win total. So – uh, that Baylor game is a huge game. And I think, once again, I think they're focused on South Florida. But that's a game for, for the players, for the fans, everyone's going to be a huge measuring stick, especially as they're going to be soon to be a, a future conference opponent as well. Trivia question. Who's the most amped from BYU to play South Florida? There's one player. 
Who's from South Florida? No, who is it? No, no, against South Florida. Sorry. A BYU player. Who's, who, the, most, who's, who's the player who's, that wants to play South Florida the most? Yes. Jaron Hall. No Jaron Hall. He did not play yeah. in those two games no. in yeah. 19 and no, 21. He, like, BYU's going to be fine because Jaron Hall's there. Now, of note, Baylor's quarterback, Jerry Bohannon, is the quarterback at South Florida now. So that's a fun little connection. Okay, let's ask you another juicy question here. Um, do, do you want Utah in the Big 12? Do you want them to be invited and be a part of the league? Here's, here's the thing. We've heard this argument, right? Like, everyone wants the Pac-12 to crumble. This is, you know, when I say everyone, you hear fans say they want the Pac-12 to crumble and Utah to be relegated down to the Mountain West Conference. That's not going to happen. Utah will find a P5 home if the Pac-12 crumbles. They'll, they'll go somewhere. Um, and so for me, it's like we might as well get them into the Big 12 and get our, you know, long-standing tradition of playing each other, this rivalry back on track. Amen. So I would love to see them in the Big 12. Yeah, I think that's – I think that would be good for everybody. I think we're in agreement on that. Uh, even though there are there are those feelings in, in the BYU fans. They left us. For a yeah. long time. Leave them. And, you know, it's just natural. It's, it's the natural man going, I want to stick it to those guys a little bit. But I wanna, in the big picture, On the field, like, that's where I want to stick it to them. Off the field, let's be brothers. They're all our friends. Yeah. They're all friends. Yeah. David, uh, a week from tomorrow, we're going to get rid of this desk and we're going to shoot after further review the season premiere for another great season. I think it's our 10th season. Uh, an hour on Tyler Algier's run into history, his chase of Luke Staley's single-season rushing record. Uh, so we're going to break down that, ho that whole run of his, which is going to be great. But tomorrow, Algier reports to camp in Atlanta. What impact do you think he can have on the Falcons, and will he be carrying the ball in the first game of the regular season against Taysom Hill and the Saints? You know, this is a really interesting dynamic. I mean, typically when you're drafted fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, it's kind of a signal that, hey, listen, we're bringing you in. You may make the squad. You're probably more of a practice squad player. If you do make the squad, you're going to be special teams, you, and you'll see the field every once in a while. But then you look at the depth chart for the Falcons, and with them getting rid of some of their star running backs this offseason, you've got Patterson, who they've slated as a starter. This is a guy who's bounced around the league, but he's been mostly a wide receiver, a slot receiver. They brought him into the backfield a little bit. So it's a guy who kind of does it all. I don't really see him being a feature running back, per se. Uh, and then you've got Tyler Algier, who they're slated as a second string. And then third string is Damian Williams, who's been in the league since 2014. And he's bounced around. So there's not really a feature running back or in a stud running back for this Falcons team when you, when you look at that roster. And so, yeah, while, while Tyler got drafted fifth round, you'd probably say, hey, you'll see the playing failure once in a while this season. I think it's probably the opposite. I, I think Tyler during camp uh, is going to be able to show to his teammates and the, the staff, the GM, everybody, that he's just a work, workhorse. This is a guy who comes to work every day, brings his lunch pail, uh, and, and is ready to go to work. And I think they're going to realize his work ethic alone sets him apart. And I think they're going to find a way to give him the rock uh, 10, 15, 20 times a game and, and start to ride him as their feature running back. I think Patterson, like I said, Patterson, they can move him uh, down to be receiver. They can move him all throughout the field. Uh, but I think when they need – when it's third and two and they need a couple yards, I think you'll be seeing Tyler Algier on those short yard situations and on first and second down as well mixed in there. But I think you'll see situations where he's getting the rock and they're depending on him to, to pick up some crucial yards. And, and that's a great spot for him to be in. And it's one of those situations where if he can go out there and prove himself uh, and, 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 you know, prove his value, he can set himself up long-term there in Atlanta because then maybe in the future they shy away from having to go get other running backs because they're like, we got our guy. 
Uh, and so the opportunity as a rookie, man, I don't think he could have walked into a better situation than he has in Atlanta. We may see Daniel Sorensen called on to try and tackle him. That's exactly right. Who's now with the Saints? Unless they move Taysom over to defense, too, and have him play, play some on that side. <laughs> he can do it all. Who knows at this point? Who knows at this point? They put him everywhere. Yeah, that's, that's right. Okay, uh, we're talking to David Nixon, four-year NFL vet and BYU TV analyst here on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the free agents trying to make teams. You were in this position. If you weren't on the Mountain Channel, maybe you would have been drafted, right? Neil Powell with the Bills, Samson Nakua with the Colts, James Empey with the Cowboys. Who has the best shot to make their roster, in your opinion? You know, I like to think that if Empey had been injured kind of last half of the season, he would have been a high draft pick. Uh, I think his injuries is probably what got him. I think uh, he probably has one of the best shots just given his skill set. Um, you know, it's tough as a, as a skilled guy uh, for Powell and some of these others to break into it because those, you know, those, those wide receiver cores and other positions are, have some pretty solid depth. Um, so I, I would like to think probably MP, uh, but it's, it's, it's tough sledding. I, I will say this about undrafted guys. As you mentioned, I was one of those guys. It's all about finding a way to just stick. You just got to stick that first year, whether that's on the practice squad the whole year, maybe that's half and half, half practice squad, half roster. You got to find a way to stay in the, in the system because you'll, you'll kind of get recycled. If you can make that first year, you kind of get recycled for years to come. And so those guys right now, you go to training camp uh, and it's, it's all about just busting your butt to find a way to stick on the practice squad or roster and, and, and start making some type of living for yourself. Because if you can stick for a full year, there's a good chance years two, three, and four will become calling as well. Well, David, we appreciate the time, man. Best of luck to uh, all the free agents trying to do what you did and carve out an NFL career. And uh, we'll see what happens with conference realignment in Utah and the Pac-12 and whatnot. I like it. Hey, and as Dave said, starting next week, I'll be down there in the studio more often. See you guys. Football season is finally here. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. That means Tuesday lunches. That's what that means. David, Tuesday power. we appreciate the time, man. Thanks. Take care, guys. All right, Nick. See you next week. Coming up, Deputy Athletic Director Brian Santiago joins us to discuss the BYU-Notre Dame tickets that go on sale to BYU fans tomorrow. And was there ever a home game possible? We'll, uh, we'll ask him. Where do we see Alex Barcelo landing next season in basketball, and how do we feel about college football watch list season? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade, for a growing world. This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get great content throughout the day. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. More BYU Utah highlights. Just like, yes. We're not going to have those till 24, so we'll just keep playing those. <laughs> he is Dave. I am Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Jaron Hall was named to the Maxwell Award watch list, which is awarded to the most outstanding player in college football. Should BYU have had more than one person on that list? No, I think Jaron's the one that reps. BYU has some really talented players, but for most outstanding, it's traditionally a skill player or just an unbelievable defensive player. I, th I think Jaron's the one. When Ty Detmer won it, no one was wondering where anyone else was on that list. It's, it's a quarterback thing. And granted, there'll be players on there that aren't quarterbacks, but for BYU to win this award, it's the quarterback. Yeah, and one time, and it's it's essentially the uh, dollar store Heisman. That's what the Maxwell is. <laughs> yeah. It is officially college football watch list season, Dave. Do you love, hate, or are indifferent about it? I just love it. 
And the reason I love it is it's, it's football, it's here now, everything's counting down. Some of the great things in life is all about the countdown. For y years, yes. we covered Mike Tyson sure. fights in Vegas. The countdown, the buildup, was where all the excitement was. The fight lasted 60 seconds, yep. and then you're on to the next thing. But for whatever reason, we love countdowns, we love buildups, and the watch list just gets ready for the team to report, which gets ready for the first game, and then the season goes so fast. So we enjoy the everyday trickle of the watch list. I love the idea of the watch list. I don't get too riled up if the watch lists are off. Right. It's going to be all right. I don't know if I read the watch list outside it of may the not even read it. on it. But it just means we're it's close. It's just out. Yeah. Alex Barcelo had his best performance of the summer league last night. Ten points, four rebounds, four assists, and two steals for Toronto. Where do you see Barcelo playing this year, overseas or in the G League? Probably Europe. I think he'd be a great fit. We've seen Kevin Pangos from Gonzaga have great success there. Even, uh, you know, uh, John Stockton's son has had success, uh, you know, in the G League and overseas. I think Europe would be a great spot for him. I think he can have a tremendous career there. The NBA seems to be a league now of 6'9". Guys who can or cannot shoot, that seems to be uh, not necessarily a requirement. But 6'9", who are fast and can defend. It's tough uh, to break into. But maybe over there in Europe, it's an opportunity to shoot threes and, and make some money. We've had a lot you can of do people both. you guys make money in Europe. Ask Brandon Davies and I see Travis Hansen's house in Mapleton, and I Terrell think things Lidang, are going well. Old yeah. school guys. Exactly. ESPN ranked the top 15 second-year candidates to have a breakout season in the NFL. Brady Christensen came in at number 14 with the Panthers. Is he BYU's best offensive lineman since who? In the NFL has to be John Tate, first-round mm. draft pick by the Chiefs in 99. There have not been a lot of linemen going to the NFL for a long time for BYU. That's about to change. Yeah. A couple of guys on this year's group are already targeted as guys who could do With that. Blake Freeland in the early. first round? Yeah. Could happen. And uh, Barrington, Barrington. On all that attention yeah. too. Connor Pay is going to be, Connor Pay is 6'5", 300 something as a center. He's got an NFL future ahead of him. But I, I think you got to go to John Tate due to the fact that hey, where are all the linemen? Well, the linemen are coming. I'll go Dallas Reynolds, kind of 2012 to 15. He, he started for the Eagles and Giants. There's not been a ton of linemen. I'm excited for that revolution to occur for BYU alumni. Neil Powell over the Buffalo Bills, the first BYU rookie to report to training camp today. Got us thinking, which BYU undrafted free agent has the best shot of making an NFL roster this year? You asked David Nixon that a moment ago, now I'm asking you. I agree with him. I think it's James Empey with Dallas Cowboys. James's skill set, remember, like two or three years ago, he was one of the top centers in, in college football, according to Pro Football Focus. Injured last year, not in the spotlight, not drafted probably because of that. I think he's going to have a chance to make that roster and stick in the NFL. He's very skilled, and now he's healthy. Samson Nakua's got an NFL body out there at receiver. I'd love to see him get a legit chance. And Powell's a glider. There are a few gliders that have made their way into the NFL. Uh, and then there's Empey. Not a lot. Not just, just the three guys. Again, next year, there'll be a lot more. It's going to be loaded. Yeah, it's going to be loaded. And Kirk Herbstreit went on first take on ESPN this morning, said he thinks college football will end up with three power leagues, about 20 teams each. Do you think it could go this direction, and how soon, if so? Uh, yes, because there is absolutely no evidence to show otherwise. All things seem to be moving this way. How soon, I don't know. Remember when the BCS came out, we thought that was going to destroy college football forever. That was, that was, seems like a long time ago. And then there was the, the championship series, which we're in now, and, and trying to get that expanded out to make that a, a little more profitable for everybody. Um, but yeah, all signs say that's where we're going. I don't know how fast we're going to get there. I'm curious about the next couple of weeks. If that's where we're going, then a merger between the Pac-12 and Big 12 
would be ideal. Yeah, you just like bring everybody one of those in. Three, basically, you're the west of the Mississippi people, with the exception of some Big Ten. And if that's what they're thinking, which they might be, then the next few weeks might be a little more revealing. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, BYU just needs to be included in that. That's what we need. And I think there will be. Yeah, People I do too. Pass that. I do too. Coming up, who would you rather play this year, at Utah or Notre Dame in Vegas? And BYU Deputy Athletic Director Brian Santiago joins us to discuss the BYU-Notre Dame game, the ticket situation, and was there ever a chance for a home game? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation has a YouTube channel. Subscribe now to catch highlights, interviews, and all the BYU content. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann, and the Deputy, Deputy Athletic Director Brian Santiago now joins us in studio. What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? Hey, great to be here. Good to see you, Jerem. Happy summer. It's a great summer. <laughs> it's a great summer. Summer's always great. Summer is great. July seems to be the slow time of year for BYU Athletics, but it uh, feels like we're right around the corner from all the stuff, right? Uh, Notre Dame ticket info coming out, which we'll talk to you about in a moment, but it's, we're almost there, man. No, we're almost there, and usually July is pretty slow, but it's been hopping. I think everybody's ramping up for the Big 12. There's a lot going on, and certainly football's right around the corner, so we're excited. And important to note that your golf game is well under par, so nice uh, job. It should be. <laughs> nice job. It should be. Nice and hope. tan and warm and <laughs> July, is, as it should be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Okay, let's talk about this uh, Notre Dame and BYU in Vegas. What an incredible opportunity to play in that stadium again. The Cougar fans that went to this game last year had an experience. That was one of the best showings ever. I was there Saturday for a soccer game, and I was like, oh, yeah, this place is amazing. So it comes out, it's a Notre Dame home game. We've known this, but I think some fans maybe forgot that Notre Dame's kind of dictating the situation here. So what, what should fans know about the opportunity that is the chance to go to this game and that it's not a BYU-run game here? Yeah, Jaron, first of all, and Dave, it's incredible to be playing Notre Dame on one of the biggest stages, right? It couldn't be any better in Las Vegas, but it is part of their Shamrock series. So it's a home game. They control pretty much everything about the game. Uh, but for us, behind the scenes, what Tom Homo has done to actually get this game to come to fruition uh, has been incredible in itself. So we're, we get to play on the biggest stage and uh, they've been generous to a point to, uh, to give us an allotment of tickets and certainly it's created quite a buzz uh, for BYU fans and Notre Dame fans. We heard Notre Dame's going to have a lottery. Uh, it's, it's a lottery ticket for their fan base. And so we're excited that we do have an allotment of tickets, and we're going to try to get as many of our Cougar faithful there as possible. Those tickets go on sale tomorrow. Cougar Club yeah. gets three days to have at them, and then the general public, if there's anything left, uh, on Friday. How many tickets are in this pile? Is there 10,000, 15,000? <laughs> you know, I'd love to give you an exact number. <laughs> Uh, we have a limited number of tickets. They've given us some sections to work from. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to put them on sale by priority. Uh, one thing that you mentioned, Jerem, that's super important for Cougar fans to know is Notre Dame controls the price of the ticket. So the ticket pricing is pretty aggressive. Yeah, we saw uh, the last row, a ticket for the last row would like around 195 bucks. Yeah, so the tickets in the lower sections are going to be four to $500. Yeah. Mm. Uh, tickets in the club section are right about the same. So. Uh, we're going to try to uh, put a limited number available for our fan base, allow our, our uh, faithful to, to get access to the tickets, but we're, we're putting a limit on the number of tickets each person can buy 
so we can get as many as possible in the in the stadium. It's going to be fantastic, but uh, certainly something that uh, Cougar fans should look forward to. We wish it was an even split. Notre Dame's going to dictate how they want to do it. If BYU played Arizona and ran the deal, you'd give Arizona just a, a handful. You know, we'd be generous, but you'd want it to be... Probably a few less. A certain way, right? <laughs> so I get it from that standpoint. But let's talk about this. Originally, you know, there was a two-for-one that was played in the early 2000, or, uh, 2010s. Then there was a two-for-one. We've been waiting for that home game for a long time. Tom's asked every year about it. We finally have an answer. Was there any opportunity to play home game in Provo, or was it Vegas or nothing with Notre Dame? Yeah, I think in, in, in the spirit of trying to make the game come to fruition, uh, the option was, through a lot of years of negotiation, to play the game in Vegas. And certainly, we've shown unbelievable in Vegas. Cougar Nation has come out in droves, uh, great passion. That game last year against Arizona, it was incredible to see the entire stadium, yep. more or less. Essentially, 80-20 it felt <laughs> of, like. Yeah. Of BYU yeah. uh, Cougar Nation. So the fact that the game came to fruition, it's in Vegas, uh, is a huge bonus for us because I think it was headed to the direction of, especially with all the change going on in college athletics, that we play the game now in Vegas or, or maybe not get a, a home game. So, I, I again, uh, a lot of times people think it's pretty simple to make sure that these games happen. Uh, what Tom's done to make sure that the relationship with Notre Dame was such that they wanted to play the game, were willing to pay the, play the game, it's a huge benefit for BYU. Huge benefit, and uh, we're just grateful that they were as generous as they were with the ticket allotment. Tennessee bought out the game mm -hmm. to Provo last, for next year, mm -hmm. and it was $2 million bucks. And, and as a state institution, everybody knew the details. Um, as opposed to buying out this, this home game that was in the original contract, uh, is it safe to assume that, one, this is a Notre Dame home game, so they're paying BYU to come play there? And are they paying enough that would offset a buyout so it's a wash in the end? Uh, Dave, affirmative. It's, it's actually very beneficial for us financially to play this game in Las Vegas. Notre Dame's been very generous to us and we're getting the game. Uh, so in our estimation, and that's why I give kudos to Tom, in our estimation, it's, it is kind of a double benefit for us. Mm. Uh, financially very viable for us to go play the game. Notre Dame very generous and we're actually playing the game uh, in, a, in a place where we're very comfortable playing. Okay, boom, boom. I like it. Because uh, if it was just bought out and you got the money, but you don't play the game, yes, you get the one, but it sounds like you got both. Which we got great. both. That's, that's awesome. Anytime talking... you get a win-win in Vegas, it's a win-win. Hey, it's usually a, it's a win -win. rarely it's does a that happen, let alone for uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There. Okay. Fantastic. We're talking to Deputy Athletic Director Brian Santiago. So a lot of realignment news, right, yeah. with USC and UCLA and the shift there. Um, what 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 uh, you know, do you feel about the movement there and, and, and the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and whatnot uh, relative to what might happen this year or next year in the years to come as all of this happens? First of all, Jeremy, I think it's the most exciting time maybe in the history of BYU athletics. We've, we've all dreamt about the day that we could uh, be in the Power Five conference uh, to be positioned in the Big 12 with the momentum of where things are going right now in the landscape. Uh, we feel very, very good about where we're at partnering with the Big 12. Certainly the change, there's a lot out there. You've heard a lot of people say, hey, there are a lot of moving parts and 
everybody speaking confidently about something they barely understand <laughs> is yeah. the way I look at it. I think what we need to do is make sure that we're great partners with the Big 12 moving forward. Uh, certainly, there's going to be some shifts, but uh, we're in a great spot, and uh, we're focused on controlling the controllables, make sure that our teams are prepared for what's to come in the fall of 2023, because we all know that the level day in and day out is going to take a huge step up and uh, we're just trying to make sure we're prepared for that. All right, I'm going to go right to the heart on this question. Okay. Let's say you have a vote. Hmm. Do you vote to bring Utah into the Big 12? I vote to do whatever's very, very best for the Big 12 moving forward. It gives us the most uh, national viability. Uh, we want to be nationally relevant in every way in the Big 12. And uh, certainly, uh, if, if that's part of the equation and it makes the Big 12 stronger, let's go. Uh, we all know what the natural rivalry is. Uh, we actually have a great relationship with their athletic administration. Uh, it's a very, very positive relationship uh, moving forward. And so however the Big 12 shakes out, I think it's the very best for us to be where we're at. And uh, if Utah's part of that, great. I know a lot of Cougar Nation might not love that, but we need to do... There's a lot that would. Uh, I, I just think that Utah and BYU, uh, obviously with the history... Uh, with where things are going, the power, the powerful teams that we have, uh, I think it could be a real positive. And so I see it as something that would only make the league stronger. And I'd love to see the game insured every year. If, that's, if they're in the same league, you're going to play every year in football, I would imagine. Why not? Everybody knows what those games meant for all of those years at the yeah. end of the season, everything on the line. Uh, it certainly adds to the great rivalry. And we have, we have respect for the University of Utah. The, Look what they just did this last year. So you have to give them credit. When you got the phone call or first heard that USC and UCLA were joining the Big Ten, and they did so in about five hours, how surprised were you after the Oklahoma-Texas thing from a year ago, which opened the door for, for BYU, and then here comes this other bombshell? Mind-boggling, yeah. Dave. I, I was, for me, it's hard to fathom the logistical challenges that it's going to create for UCLA and USC to play in the Big Ten. Uh, football, not so much, right? We, we get, we've been independent. We get on planes. It's six times a year. Yeah. But when you start talking about the number of sports both those schools have, the amount of times that they're going cross-country almost weekly is, is a little bit mind-boggling. Certainly from a financial standpoint, from a power standpoint, you can understand the, the thinking. But from a logistical standpoint, it seemed a little, it seemed like a stretch. It'll, it'll be interesting politically to see how it plays out. Right. I mean, you're already hearing a lot of rumblings out of California and yep. what this means and who's left behind. But uh, again, to go back to, I think there's great strength in the Big 12. There's great confidence in the Big 12 moving forward. And I think this is going to play out in a great way for the Big 12 and hopefully for BYU. Well, certainly it's an exciting time given the way the whole athletic department performed this last year. Maybe the best year in BYU athletics ever. Yeah. It was amazing. One more year and then in the Big 12. Yeah. Brian, we appreciate the time, man. Best of luck on the links. I know you're playing today. <laughs> well, we'll get out there and see if we can make <laughs> that thing go in. The hole does look this big, though, so that's a good we'll, we'll watch for you on the Golf Channel later okay. tonight. All Thanks, right. Brian. Coming up, our elite voice of the day. And today's rise and shout-out to a fan who watched this show in prison. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps or download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It's been a big show today. It's been fun. We've had a lot of uh, answers to some questions, especially with Notre Dame, which, by the way, is our question of the day. Given the choice, would you rather play Notre Dame in Las Vegas or Utah in Salt Lake City this year? At WDHeath40 on Twitter. Playing Utah is important, but playing Notre Dame is rare. The reputation boost from beating Notre Dame is way bigger than beating Utah. I say we play Notre Dame, and I sure hope we beat them. <laughs> the, it, all decisions are contingent upon what, you, uh, what matters to you. Right. So if you love beating Utah and the rivalry more than like the national cachet of a Notre Dame one, sure. Is Notre Dame going to be good? Yeah. This year they're going to be yeah. good. They're always good. It's, sometimes they're very good, right? They just never win a big game to win anything. I would love to be in the big games like Notre Dame one day with BYU, perhaps soon, right? Our elite voice today is this, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Jeremiah Hale on Twitter. Notre Dame. BYU didn't get much from beating Utah even as Pac-12 champs, left out of the New Year's Six and even ranked lower than Utah. Cincinnati, however, was rewarded with a playoff berth for beating Notre Dame, even with an otherwise mediocre schedule. That's, an, that's a strong take. Yeah. Legitimate point there. Maybe the best of the day. That's why it's the elite voice. Uh, yeah, you get that made it elite. You get you get more out of this on the national scene. If that's what you care about the most. If it's if it's the office life and your neighbors and this and that, <laughs> you get way more yes. for beating the Utes. But, exactly. But BYU's in the national game this year with a great national schedule. Let's go. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. So I show up to Colonial Juarez, uh, Chihuahua, Mexico. I go to Sacramento meeting after, and this guy says. Jerem, what are you doing here? I watch BYU Sports Nation. Um, his name's Cesar. He was in prison in Arizona for 16 years, and he got out three years ago. He said, I watched BYU Sports Nation in prison in Arizona, which is super cool. He's doing great. He's the young men's leader there in the ward. Congratulations to Cesar. Thanks for watching the program, man. That's great. Okay, our thanks to today's guests, David Nixon and Brian Santiago. Conversation continues 24-7, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, ran out of time for Dave. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Roy Rachel Boaz. Go Cougs!